My cousin and I were on a camping trip to the Bohemia mine area, like we do at least two times a year. This was in 1992 or 1993, I believe in August. We set up camp and then hiked around until evening, then came back and made dinner. After dinner, it was dark, so we went up to Lookout Tower, which besides Bohemia Mountain itself, was the highest peak, about 6,000 feet. There was a meteor shower that weekend and we went up to watch it. We stayed up there till about 20, one I think, and then went back to our camp. We stayed up for about half of an hour, then went to bed. We had a three-man tent to sleep in. At about 22.23, I was just about to fall asleep when I started hearing branches breaking like something walking through the woods towards us. It started a ways away from our camp and kept getting closer. My cousin was calling my name and asking me if I had heard the sounds, but I was concentrating on listening to them and too scared to answer him, so I just lay there like I was asleep. We had taken his car up there and we parked it about 100 feet away from our tent because there was too many branches and stuff to drive it all the way up to the tent. The noises stopped and all of a sudden there was high-pitched and fast whoop, but from about where his car was parked. My cousin asked what that noise was and said nothing because it scared me to death. Then it started walking our way and we just laid there and listened and it got closer and closer and closer to our tent until it came about a couple of feet away. We were so scared we laid there and didn't move a muscle because whatever it was had been walking on two feet, not four. It stopped making noise a couple of feet away and we couldn't hear any walking until we could hear. It was right next that he tented had snuck up real quiet. We could hear it breathing. When my cousin moved a leg, it scared whatever was outside our tent and it took off running and we could hear the individual steps that hit the ground like thunder. It sounded very heavy. It ran off about 50 feet and stopped. Then it would start walking back towards us, got within about 10 feet. Then we couldn't hear it anymore. Then we couldn't hear it anymore. Then all of a sudden it was right next to the tent. It had snuck up real quiet again to our tent. It could move very quiet when it chose to. It moved from one side of the tent to the other quietly and fast. It would be on one side and then the other before we knew it. It did this pretty much all night. It had left once, then came back. Finally, we fell asleep off and on. In the morning, we looked for tracks, but there was too much forest litter to see any. We did not have any protection with us at the time, and I have never been so scared in my life. Deer usually visit our camp when we go up there, and we can hear them coming in the dark. They get close, and we can see them in the flashlight. I have read other accounts in books after hours, and have found a few similarities like the heavy footsteps when it ran, the whoop, whoop, whoop. We heard is also in Roosevelt's account, I believe, as well as others. My cousin and I have read books about the 40s, and some of the miners reported seeing Bigfoot. There is also other reports from the Cottage Grove area that I have from old newspapers. I have became a volunteer researcher and have read a lot of reports, and my cousin and I have gone over this in our heads to make sure that it couldn't have been another animal that visited us, and we know that it was a Sasquatch. Because of my experience, I now record my drives. Literally less than a year ago, I was on a drive from Roach, Nevada to Sempoint, Idaho, riding us 95, my first time. 
It was 2 a.m. on a Sunday, so road was literally deserted for 20 minutes straight. Not one outside source of headlights for miles. I was hitting about 80 miles per hour most of the whole way, with cruise control on. With Waz as my GPS, there was a report of an object on the road, and I planned accordingly to anticipate the object. As I approached, the object in question wasn't an object, but an animal. That looks to be consuming a carcass that was bright pink, similar to a large pig. The appearance of the animal did not look like anything else. It was in a squatting position as if it had bipedal capabilities, but it was covered in dark brown fur. Keep in mind that I only had a glimpse of the animal, as my first reaction was to swerve out of the way and accelerate the hell out of there. I should have at least screenshot the Waz UI on my phone. My mom and dad bought a house that was built in the early 1900s. The house was huge, two stories with an attic and basement. We were checking out the attic and basement. We were checking out the attic. I was near the chimney that ran up an outside wall from the first floor fireplace. I saw something. Couldn't reach it. Ran down and grabbed a poker from the fireplace, the kind with a little hook on it. The family is watching me try to retrieve what I saw. I had the tip of the poker about 12 inches below the floorboards, struggling to hook the object when it was literally ripped out of my hands. I was 24 at the time, and just out of the Navy. It took something powerful to rip it out of my grasp. Everyone saw my body jerk toward the floor. My mom yelled something incoherent, then total silence. We all just stared at the base of the chimney for probably 10 seconds trying to realize what the F just happened. Then... As one got the hell out of the attic, the poker was never retrieved. We learned from a neighbor that in the 1940s the lady of the house hung herself in the basement. Maybe it was her, maybe not. Who cares? I don't go up to the attic. Flashback to 2007. I was roughly 20 years old. The drive was through a semi-rural area a single-lane, smooth road called Kennett Pike, Delaware Route 52, which connects Pennsylvania to Delaware Route 52, which connects to Pennsylvania to Delaware. Kennett Pike also connects to Devil's Road, where M. Knight filmed the village. It was typically an eerie commute, but due to me using it often, it never truly scared me. Girlfriend at the time was riding with me in the passenger seat of my old Jeep Grand Cherokee, and we were traveling back to Delaware after dropping off my best pale in Pennsylvania, who joined us to see a movie. It was 2 a.m. at the time. We had recently crossed the state line. Despite being young and stupid, I reduced my speed slightly due to the dense fog which we had quickly entered. Before I knew it, my heart was racing. I found myself swerving as to not hit a person in the middle of the road. It was an apparition, like woman with long, thick, gray hair covered in worn, white robes with a dim glow to her entire appearance. She was kneeling down, almost completely still at first, but her torso appeared to be slightly moving, and she was slowly rising. I didn't quite get a good look at her face, but perhaps that's what makes the fear linger on. I recall saying, holy shit, did you see that? To which my girlfriend agreed, nodding with an open mouth and wide eyes. Additionally, this girl I was dating at the time claimed to have a ghost living in a room of her family's home. 
a room which they would seldom enter. Hey guys, so when I was a child I remember having this dream. Not sure if it was a dream though. I was definitely around the age of 10. I remember being at this type of farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in this fence. But the thing is, this fence had a red light glow from its side. Like if a car headlights was pointed in its direction. I remember that the light grew closer on the fence as if something was getting closer around the corner of the house or something. I also remember a woman with a shotgun hiding on the other end outside the house on the corner, really scared with another person. I am not too sure about the whole memory as I was a child, however, when I was maybe 13. I came across to the McPherson's alien abduction, which was a similar encounter but real, that happened in the 90s. Caught on camera, which was posted on YouTube. There was like three different videotapes of it, in which people say it was a way to cover it up, but I am wondering if maybe I even had a dream or if I was in my spiritual self observing a memory of something that happened in this McPherson abduction or something. Am I just being crazy? Was it just a dream and I'm just acting silly or is there a spiritual or a natural reason why I was able to relate to the McPherson's abduction before I ever saw any videos on it? The world as we knew it had crumbled beneath the weight of its own arrogance. In its wake, an apocalyptic nightmare had unfurled, unleashing mutated monstrosities that prowled the desolation. It was a world of chaos, of survival, and of a relentless will to endure. In this shattered landscape, I am Kyla, a hunter born of necessity and forged by desperation. The silent woods had earned its name. A dense expanse of towering trees and thick underbrush shrouded in an eerie silence that echoed the absence of life. It was a place where danger lurked behind every twisted tree, where death wore many faces and none of them familiar. It was a place I ventured into time and time again, driven not by recklessness, but by an unyielding calling, a call to unveil the truth behind the mutations that had plunged our world into darkness. My skill as a hunter was not just a matter of survival. It was a testament to the very core of my being. I had faced the mutated creatures that roamed the wastelands, abominations of flesh and bone twisted into grotesque forms by some unknown force. I had navigated through crumbling ruins, scavenging for whatever morsels of sustenance and supplies I could find. But it was the silent woods that beckoned to me, a magnet drawing me towards its enigmatic heart. My journey into the woods was not undertaken lightly. Armed with a bow that had seen better days and a blade that had tasted the blood of many a creature, I ventured into the heart of this perilous realm. The first thing that struck me was the oppressive silence, the kind that settles deep into your bones reminding you that you're an intruder in a place that nature herself seems to have abandoned. As I delved deeper into the woods, the air grew heavy with an unsettling energy. It was as if the very atmosphere pulsed with the weight of untold secrets, each tree whispering a tale of despair. The mutated creatures that lurked in the shadows were like something out of a twisted nightmare. Limbs distorted, eyes aglow with unnatural light, and mouths 
filled with gnashing teeth. They were the result of some ungodly fusion of science and sorcery, and their presence was a haunting reminder of the world that once was. But I was not just a hunter of beasts. I was a seeker of truth. With each step I took, my determination deepened. I felt a strange kinship with this desolate land, as if it were guiding me towards some long-buried revelation. And then, in the heart of the woods, I stumbled upon something that would shatter the fragile understanding I had held onto. A hidden enclave, tucked away from the world's gaze, held the answers I sought. It was a place where twisted experiments had been conducted in the name of power and control. The walls were adorned with sketches of mutated creatures, notes that detailed horrifying procedures, and an inscription that spoke of a desperate quest to reverse the mutations. As I pored over the revelations, it became clear that the mutations were not the result of nature gone awry, but the product of a malevolent intent. A twisted desire to reshape the world according to someone's twisted vision. I felt a simmering anger deep within me, a fire that fueled my resolve to uncover the truth and put an end to this madness. Climax of my journey unfolded in a heart-pounding confrontation, one where I faced not just the mutated creatures, but the puppeteers who had orchestrated their creation. The battle was fierce, a symphony of chaos and determination that echoed through the silent woods, and as the last of my adversaries fell, the truth washed over me like a tidal wave, a truth that was both horrifying and liberating. The silent woods held secrets that transcended the boundaries of science and sorcery. It was a place where darkness had taken root, but where the light of truth still burned brightly. My journey had not just been about survival. It had been about unraveling the twisted threads that bound our world to the brink of annihilation. As I emerged from the silent woods, the weight of my discoveries settled on my shoulders. The world was broken, but it was not beyond repair. With newfound determination, I would carry the truth with me, seeking others who shared my purpose. The road ahead was uncertain, fraught with danger and uncertainty. But I was no longer just a hunter surviving in a world of chaos. I was a harbinger of change, a guardian of truth in a world that had nearly forgotten its existence. I've had a few paranormal encounters. I'll list the two worst ones here. Both occurred in 2014. I have used Awijie before several months before this occurred. Both of these stories happened when I was in an extremely negative state of mind. I don't really know where to start from, but I'll try to explain what I think brought this on. Basically, one night I was having one of the worst nights of my life. Self-inflicted, I kept thinking about all the negative things going on in my life. My girlfriend was sleeping with my friend at the time. Despite him swearing he'd never do such a thing, blah blah, I broke it off. I had no friends I had were fans. All the friends I had were fake, so I pushed everyone away. I felt like my life was falling apart. I sat outside for hours smoking cigarettes, being a depressive mess. I finally got myself to bed, dreading the fact I'd have to wake up and go on another day. Anyway, I wake up about 3-4 a.m. I'm an insomniac, so waking up late at nights around this hour is very common for me. I know witching hour, and I really needed to pee. I got up and took a whiss. I usually shut the door as I don't want to make noise to wake my sister or anything. 
But I just was in the mindset of, I don't give a F about anything anymore. Anyway, I turn around after flushing to see this seven feet tall, huge, black hooded, red eyed being. It had no body or hands. It was just pure black, even more so inside of the robe, where the body should be. The best way to describe the red eyes would be red, like your generic glowy red eye meme. Best way to describe it. Sorry. It turns around the corner of the hall towards me in an insanely fast manner, as if it was sprinting, but it was very swift as it seemed like it was very swift as it seemed like it was levitating or something. It had no feet or anything, and no bobbing movement like a person would be while running. As I'm about to walk out of the bathroom, it lunged at me with both hands of the robe stretched out towards me, and I had never felt fear so deep but I did in that moment. A huge shiver ran down my spine, as I say, oh shit, with words, barely able to leave my mouth as I stutter and fall to the ground. With one knee, and I look up to see nothing, absolutely nothing. I sprinted back to bed, lights on, door shut, and didn't sleep at all. Scary encounter, too. This happens a couple of months later. I wake up around 3 a.m. again, hardly able to see as no lights are on, and I see an outline of a little girl next to my bed, standing there with both of her hands to her side. I take a second to realize it's a person or ghost or something, and it has a white bed dress with long black hair over her face. She's still standing there. I freak out and start panicking. I throw a couple of hammer punches and swings with my hand as I refuse to look at whatever it is, frantically trying to turn on my light or grab my phone with my left hand swatting the table. I finally grab onto my phone and see she is still there as I shine my phone light on it. It vanishes as if nothing was ever there. I ended up falling back to sleep after the sunrise came up. Never saw it again. Sorry if I didn't write this well. I tried to describe everything in as much detail as possible. I have a couple more stories, but I think these two taught me a lesson and really pulled me out of my slump as I was terrified I'd see that again. Feel free to question me or give advice below. It was the summer of 2019 and I found myself near Snow Lake in Washington State. As dusk settled in, I realized I was one of the few remaining visitors at the lake. The tranquility of the surroundings was interrupted when I heard my Japanese middle name being called out, a name that is quite uncommon even among Japanese individuals. Stop me dead in my tracks. The voice seemed to originate from the opposite direction of where I had come from. Initially, I thought it was merely a coincidence, someone sharing the same name as me. But, as the voice called out again, and then once more, doubt turned into unease. My instincts kicked in, telling me that something was not right. I grabbed my friend and urged them to accompany me back to the parking lot before darkness consumed the landscape. With only our phone lights to guide us, we embarked on the final two miles of the hike in pitch-black darkness. The whole experience was unsettling, and I vowed to only visit the area during daylight hours. From that point on, Snow Lake had been a beautiful location, but the strange encounter left me wary. Over a year later... I learned of a chilling incident that occurred in the same area. A man named Brendan Nepon had gone missing along with his dog. 
He was a 37-year-old avid hiker, and despite extensive search efforts, not a single trace of him or his dog was ever found. There were speculations that he may have hiked further up the trail to Gem Lake, which was just under two miles away from Snow Lake. I had been to Gem Lake myself during the day, appreciating its breathtaking views. It's an open area, seemingly impossible to get lost in. The disappearance of Brendan Nepon struck a chord with me as I recalled my own eerie encounter near Snow Lake. It served as a grim reminder that even in the most stunning landscapes there may be an underlying darkness hidden from view. The memory of that voice calling my name still lingers, a chilling reminder of the mysteries that lie within the wilderness. Let me share a story from the mid-80s that still gives me goosebumps to this day. It was during that time when my friend, our girlfriends, and I embarked on a road trip from Baltimore to Hampton Roads for a couple of Grateful Dead concerts. The concerts were a blast, and we were filled with euphoria as we made our way back home after the second show, which I believe took place on a Saturday or Sunday. Somewhere north of Richmond, in the desolate stretches of I-95, we decided to pull over and take a break. We found a secluded spot far enough off the road to relieve ourselves. The girls opted to go by the side of the car, while my friend and I ventured closer to the tree line. It was the middle of the night, and the surrounding area was shrouded in darkness. As we finished up, the stillness of the night was broken by a sudden and quiet whistle. It was that classic wheat-woo sound originating from the other side of the tree line. The moment the whistle reached our ears, a chill ran down our spines. We exchanged a glance of disbelief and fear, hastily zipped up and sprinted back towards the car. Our girlfriends were taken aback by our sudden urgency as we jumped into the car and sped away. They demanded an explanation wondering what had happened. We decided to wait until we were a safe distance down the road before sharing the unsettling encounter with them. It was at that moment that we recounted the whistle from the other side of the trees, relaying our sense of alarm and the urgency to leave the area. The girls were equally shocked and disturbed by our experience. To this day, the memory of that night haunts us. We often speculate about who or what could have made that whistle in the darkness of the Virginia wilderness. Was it a harmless passerby, or did it carry a more sinister intent? The unanswered questions and the feeling of unease have stayed with us ever since that night on the side of I-95. First time I stepped into the National Forest, the weight of its ancient majesty settled upon me like a heavy cloak. I was Officer Sarah Martinez, known for my dedication and no-nonsense approach to the job. The task at hand was seemingly straightforward. Investigating a series of mysterious disappearances within the forest's vast expanse. Assembling a team of fellow officers, we ventured into the dense wilderness with the expectation of finding lost hikers or campers. Little did we know that the forest held secrets darker and more sinister than we could have ever imagined. The air was cool and crisp, as we set foot on the forest trail, our flashlights piercing through the gathering darkness. With each step, 
The trees seemed to close in around us, the atmosphere growing increasingly eerie. Equipment malfunctions became a common occurrence. Radios emitting static that sometimes transformed into distorted whispers. Flashlights flickering as if reacting to an unseen presence. Even the animals, normally so abundant, appeared to avoid certain areas, leaving us with an unsettling feeling of isolation. Brushing off these occurrences as mere coincidences, we continued our investigation, determined to unravel the mystery behind the disappearances. But as we delved deeper into the forest's heart, it was clear that something beyond the natural world was at play. The woods seemed to shift and change around us, paths becoming unrecognizable and leading us further into the heart of darkness. One day, while following a trail that felt eerily familiar, we stumbled upon a clearing unlike any other. In its center were strange symbols and markings etched into the ground, a twisted tapestry that seemed to pulse with an otherworldly energy. Nightfall brought with it an even more unsettling revelation. Strange lights danced through the trees, casting an ethereal glow that seemed to defy explanation. It was during those nights that I began to sense a presence, an ancient malevolence that watched us from the shadows. Whispers seemed to brush against the edges of our consciousness, words that were indiscernible yet chilling. My determination to solve the case transformed into annoying desperation as my team members started to vanish one by one. Their voices echoed through the trees, carried on the wind and fleeting glimpses of shadows left us with a growing sense of dread. Fear had taken hold, and I found myself grappling to keep the remaining officers together as we faced an enemy we couldn't see. The forest had transformed into a labyrinth of terror, a place where reality and the supernatural converged in horrifying ways. It was in the heart of this nightmare that I came face to face with the source of the forest's malevolence. The spirit was ancient, a vengeful force that had been guarding the woods for generations. It fed on human souls, luring victims deeper into its domain to ensure its own survival. My investigation led me to uncover a history of sacrifices, a tale of darkness that had been concealed for centuries. Desperation fueled my determination to fight back against the spirit. Armed with knowledge of old legends and rituals, I and the few remaining officers unearthed ancient texts that might help us banish the entity. As tension escalated, we performed a dangerous and risky ritual, hoping to confront the spirit head-on. Climactic battle was a clash of both supernatural and physical forces, the forest itself becoming a battleground. Our courage and determination were pushed to their limits as we confronted not only the spirit, but also the tormented souls it had claimed. As dawn broke and the forest's eerie presence began to wane, I stood among the wreckage, weary and battered. The spirit had been banished. The spirit had been banished, its malevolent grip on the wood severed. The surviving officers emerged from the ordeal, forever changed. Their belief systems shattered by the encounter with the supernatural. Returning to the city, I bore the weight of the truth, haunted by the memories of the forest and the evil that had dwelled within its depths. I knew that some mysteries were better left untouched, that there were places where the boundary between our world and the unknown was thin and treacherous. The forest's secrets had been exposed and purged, 
but the scars it left behind were a reminder that some darkness could never truly be banished. Randy and I were passionate explorers, drawn to the allure of wilderness secrets. Our favorite spot, Bigfoot Mountain, nestled near Ripplebrook Ranger Station, carried the mystique of cryptid encounters. Eager to uncover the truth, we embarked on our spring exploration, braving the snowy landscape. March greeted us with a chill, but our determination remained unwavering. Equipped and enthusiastic, we meticulously scoured the area, seeking any sign of Bigfoot. Weeks passed, and May brought our reward. One misty morning, a faint chattering sound halted us mid-hike. Anticipation surged as we scanned for movement. With cautious steps, we ventured deeper, attuned to every sound. And there it was, the unmistakable footprints of a massive creature. Excitement coursed through us, fully aware of the extraordinary presence. Undeterred, our curiosity propelled us forward. In June, I stumbled upon a secluded area adorned with deep, systematic scratches, powerful claw marks. A clear sign of primal force traversing these woods. Fate had more in store. During a solitary expedition, I reached a sunlit clearing. A hush fell, an energy filled the air, and then a glimpse of movement among the ancient trees. Bigfoot emerged, a towering figure cloaked in matted hair. Time stood still as we locked eyes, captivated by its power and beauty. In that fleeting moment, fear, awe, and respect intertwined. Bigfoot observed me with ancient wisdom, and just as quickly as it appeared, it vanished, leaving me in profound wonder. I spent over 20 years working as a ranger in Northern Carolina, where I encountered numerous strange and even gruesome incidents. During my time there, I discovered several lifeless bodies, thankfully all leading to the apprehension of the culprits by the police. However, it wasn't these killings that drove me to quit my job and never return. It was something inexplicable, something so peculiar, that even now I question whether it was a mere dream, vision, or a genuine occurrence. Allow me to recount what I witnessed from the very beginning. It was the middle of scorching August as the sun mercilessly beat down upon the ground. Few people visited the park during the day due to the obvious reasons. I detested leaving my guard hut to conduct a tour, as it would inevitably result in profuse sweating and feeling as if I were being cooked in a pan. By my third and final tour of the day, I was already exhausted, despite drinking copious amounts of water to combat the heat. I was aware that another ranger would replace me for the next shift. During my walk around halfway through, I started feeling disoriented and lightheaded. My strength dwindled gradually until I could no longer stand. Seeking respite, I settled under a nearby tree to rest and regain my energy. However, the intensity of the sun and the heat proved overpowering. That's when things began to appear surreal, as if trapped between reality and illusion. Tall, shadowy figures emerged from behind trees, moving aimlessly and at a slow pace, immobilized and struggling to breathe properly. I sat there fixated on their eerie presence. Within minutes, an uncountable number of these figures had materialized, some seemingly rising straight from the ground. 
Initially, they paid me no attention, merely wandering around and emitting agonizing screams, reminiscent of someone being cooked alive. Suddenly, one of these figures noticed me and slowly approached, compelled to crouch due to its towering height of over eight feet. I was petrified, devoid of the strength to react. The figure's screams persisted without pause as it positioned itself beside me, placing its hand on my cheek. I began to feel an intense burning sensation, and consciousness slipped away from me. Approximately an hour later, my fellow rangers discovered me unconscious on the ground. They promptly called for an ambulance, and upon awakening, I found myself in a hospital bed. However, my relief was short-lived as I gazed upon a fiery red handprint seared onto my skin. The sight terrified me to such an extent that I had no choice but to resign. Understandably, my superiors and colleagues never believed my account. I can't say I blame them for the skepticism. There have been several reported sightings throughout Cedric County, all recounted by different law enforcement officials. Although such sightings are uncommon, they do occur. On October 17, 2010, another officer, who was working outside of his usual schedule, had his own unforgettable encounter. While patrolling the remote areas of Wichita, he witnessed something that left an indelible mark on his memory. A large, horned humanoid unfamiliar to him came into view. The officer's report detailed the events that transpired that morning. At approximately 7 a.m., I received a dispatch call regarding a suspicion person at an abandoned residence. Upon arriving at the location, I found no one or anything suspicious around the house. Consequently, I followed tracks leading north into the nearby woods, accompanied by Sergeant A. As we tracked, I caught sight of movement along the east hilltop through the thick brush. It appeared to be a hunched figure, resembling a person, moving northward behind cover. I immediately alerted Sergeant A to be on the lookout for what I'd observed. Sergeant A joined me, inquiring about what I had seen as he approached. At that moment, both of us distinctly heard heavy footsteps originating from our ten o'clock position. Despite our careful search, we could not visually confirm the source of the sounds. Thus, we decided to head west toward our vehicle, where better lighting would aid our investigation. The being whether human or otherwise, displayed exceptional caution in its movements. Both Sergeant A and I glimpsed what appeared to be an extraordinarily tall figure, standing upright but hunched over, approximately six feet in height. Its coloration seemed to be a grayish or possibly brown hue. As the being acknowledged our presence, it turned its head to the left, as if attempting to conceal itself using the surrounding trees. Sergeant A asked if I had witnessed the same sighting, confirming that we shared the same experience. What we observed next froze us in our tracks. The being lifted its right arm over its head, revealing an enormous hand adorned with large black claws, resembling a paw but more akin to a human hand. Both Sergeant A and I were startled by what we saw. To our surprise... A set of large horns protruded from its head, reminiscent of those found on a goat or ram. The sight left an indelible impression on our minds. Curiously, no reports matching this particular sighting have been documented. However, 
The region has seen numerous accounts of Bigfoot sightings reported by fellow officers. One such sighting was reported by a deputy sheriff who responded to a citizen's report of Bigfoot activity in the area. When the deputy arrived at the location, I accompanied him to investigate further. As my partner and I approached, we spotted something standing approximately 200 yards away. The figure, with only its head and shoulders visible, appeared non-human. It seemed to be observing something either within the vicinity or approaching from the ravine. What caught my attention were the two bright eyes positioned above the surrounding vegetation. My partner exclaimed, It's Bigfoot. In an attempt to intercept the creature before it reached Highway 54, we sprinted towards an adjacent open field. Regrettably, we lost sight of it. My partner proceeded towards the location where we had last seen it, maintaining a distance near the ravine, under the assumption that Bigfoot might still be present at the bottom of our line of sight. However, my partner reported, I don't see anything. As we made our way back toward each other, we noticed a large, greyish figure peering down at us from an embankment. It seemed curious, observing our actions. The creature swiftly descended into a densely wooded area atop a nearby hillside, placing it in close proximity to the highway. Despite being deep into the open field with no trees or obstructions obstructing our line of sight, my partner and I both had a clear view of the creature as it fled from us. It did not move like a human, but instead appeared to be running on two legs. Its speed was astonishing, especially considering its size. I have served in law enforcement for over 22 years, and nothing else has come close to resembling the events of that day. Apart from the evidence left behind, such as footprints, we were unable to capture photographs or videos of the creature. However, my partner may have captured some footage while we were pursuing what we believed to be Bigfoot back into the wooded area. Unfortunately, his supervisors confiscated his camera, depriving us of any visual evidence. During the encounter, I was in uniform, but without my body armor or equipment belt, which sometimes proved limiting during pursuits through dense brush. I have reviewed Officer B's sighting report, which describes encountering a large, upright, grayish figure roughly 20 feet away from him near Highway 54 just outside Sedgwick County, Kansas, on December 5, 2011. Coincidentally, this sighting occurred around the same time my partner and I were chasing a large unidentified subject across the field. While we did not hear it running, we did not hear it running. We did hear something heavy moving through the tall grass nearby, in a different direction. The sound was far too weighty to be that of a human. Although we did not regain visual contact, we remember seeing it about 150 yards away looking downward. It was a day that will forever remain etched in my memory.